So this is the Haggadah, and we're going. We're starting with the Malbim's introduction. The Malbim is introduction to the Haggadah. First of all, introduces us to the kind of mind space that we have to be in in order to properly evaluate the words of the Tana, the Balagada, when he presents the information to us. Let's start from what's called Ma'amari Soid Moisod, which the Malbim says this is a fundamental point. Now, essentially the Malbim is presenting this idea in regards to the Agada, but you'll see that the kind of processes and skills he describes are general skills as he himself will make perfectly clear. Says the Malbim, He says, I'm going to give you a theory, a hypothesis from the entire order of the Agada from Avodim Ayinu until Goal Yisrael. Says the Malbim, there is one law and one statute which is common to the, um, what he calls the Chochmas Hashimushiois, the practical areas of wisdom. The Chochmas Halimudiois, the philosophical areas of wisdom. He's going to describe an analogy. In other words, the Malbim is putting into play the process called comparison, and he's comparing the theory behind the practical sciences, the sciences which have direct practical ramifications on the world, and what he calls the Chochmas Halimudios, the philosophical sciences, the sciences of the theory of understanding and all those intellectual aspects of the world. And he says, the intellectual and the practical have an overlap. Overlap. And this is no different from Chochmas HaTorah. The Malbim compares and categorizes three separate categories, and he finds a common thread that runs through all of them. In terms of Chochma, there are three different categories. There are the Shimushiyos, practical. When you use wisdom, we'll, we'll see exactly what these words these are, but it would be science and trade. Limudiyos would be more in the realm of abstract, perhaps, mathematics and philosophy. And Chochmas HaTorah, which is the wisdom of the Torah. All three of these areas have an overlap. They have a Mishpat Echad V'chukah Achas that unites them. And he goes on to explain what that is. B'chulan Yachad, Yediyas HaSeder, all of them, the knowledge of the order. And he goes on to expand what this means. That's why I understand this album. I understand that Yediyas HaSeder is a generic, a general introduction to the following um, three processes he describes. Yediyas, he says, all of them need to know Yediyas HaHarkova V'HaHafroda. You have to know Harkova is the way you put things together, the way you markiv one thing upon another. Vafrada is period, it's the way you separate. So the way I understand the, the, this, this idea of Harkova Nafrada, probably what we would talk, talk about, we talk about it in terms of definitions. A definition means the understanding of the concept of the item in regard to the things around it. So you have to be able to know what it consists of and how it's separated from. Harkova v'hafroda. What are the ingredients which make up this thing and why is it defined differently from the things around it? Is this induction and deduction or not? So at first I wanted to suggest that this was um, induction and deduction. 
and it's not clear if it fits into one of these categories or not. Um, it, it doesn't sound like it's induction, which means to derive a general principle from the details and give it a collective noun to describe it. In other words, we know that induction is when you have tables, chairs, Standards that are called, called collectively furniture. So it's an abstract term for a collection of items. And deduction is the opposite way around. That when you have furniture, so the way you d- deduct in furniture, you'd say, well, furniture are tables, chairs, standards. Um, he says, Harkovanafroda. What I wanted to initially say was that this was synthesis and analysis. Synthesis and analysis takes induction and deduction one step further, and it says not only is it important to understand the whole and the parts, but it's also important to understand the nature of the relationship between the whole and the parts. So a cover is the way that you assemble, understanding the relationship of the parts, that's how you bring things together and you can form them, that's our cover, you, you put one thing on top of another, and Afrada is the way you take things apart, which is um, analogous to synthesis is when you combine things, so, so the, a very practical example of synthesis is baking a cake, you understand what the cake must look like, so therefore you put in the right amount of each and every ingredient in order to form the whole called the cake, that's synthesis. Analysis is when a doctor is presented with a patient who has symptoms, and because of his understanding of the structure of the body, he's able to see the way the different parts interrelate with one another and figure out where the problem lies. Or even more um, obvious example of analysis would be when the, um, the doctor sees there's a diseased limb and he's able to remove it in order to pl- save the patient from infection. So I would have liked to have said that our covenant fraud over here are referring to synthesis and analysis, but it's not clear because what he describes later on, it seems as if there'd be some overlap. So let's leave this open for the moment. Let's go into the next part of the crucial um, point that unites all of these three levels of knowledge, and it is Yedias Hanituach. The knowledge of nituach means dissection. Dissection. How to dissect. So you have to know how things are made up and how things, what, com- what they're comprised of and how they can be separated. And yediyas nituach seemingly is the understanding of how to go about the dissection process. You need to know where to draw the lines, where to cut. Again, a tangible example would be from what is called in modern Hebrew, Nituach is an operation. You have to know if you're doing some type of medical operation, you have to know what to cut out and what not to cut out. So you have to know exactly where to make the incision. So that's the process of dissection. If you'd like to separate parts, you have to know where's a, where's a joint that you can separate them from. So understanding knowledge involves understanding what it is comprised of, how it can be separated, and how to make that separation. And understanding the relationship of the parts, each one to his neighbor, close to him, behind and, and in front of. So over here explicitly the, the uh, Malbim describes what we would call the klal of synthesis and analysis, which is the relationship of the parts between one another. Um, so if that's true, I'm not 100% clear what the difference between this, the third point and the, fir- and the first point of Harkova Afroda and the way it describes over here the, um, 
the the relationship. It could be like you're saying now that when he describes what the things are made up of and how they're separated, it could be that essentially the focal point is the contents as opposed to the relationship. What, what are the ingredients? Like rechivim in Hebrew are in ingredients. So it could be right that the first part is much more along the lines of deduction and induction than it is of analysis and synthesis. I'll call upon him, the, the point that the Malbim has made is that in all Chochmas, and he's going to illustrate it very shortly, in all Chochmas there's a commonality. In all Chochmas you have to know what's inside there, what the parts are. You have to know how to separate the parts from one another, and you have to know the relationship between the parts in the whole. And this kind of understanding of how Chochmah works is going to be our guiding light in our analysis in our nituach of the Agoda. Goes on and gives examples. The Chochmas Hashimushiyos, the Chomelechet Machsheves, in regard to practical sciences, in any kind of Melechet Machsheves, these are trades, carpentry, um, and other um, trades, or in any material which is complex, meaning it has many parts to it, whether it be solid or liquid. So now, Lechoy is discussing what we would call um, biology, um, Molecular biology, perhaps on a deeper level, he says in any in any substance, whether it be solid or liquid, understanding what makes things stick together and what separates them, so you can understand this on a very on a very open level in terms of the materials of the object, or you could understand it on a molecular level in terms of what makes certain atoms bond with others. To understand the nature of the mixture between these different parts of the object of the molecules in general and um, the nature of all the parts in particular. So there you see he says definitely that's, that's, that's induction and deduction. Hizchakos amuhus atarovis means you have to find the principle which represents all the parts is the part that's deduction. The first is induction, understanding what the whole thing is. And the second thing is deduction, understanding what each part of it is. So he says this, This will, help, this will assist us, this will stand us, allow us to see, recognize the particular nature, specific nature, unique nature, in every um, Part it will help me to understand the particular nature, the unique nature of the given su- substance from the combination of all its ingredients, and it will also give me insight into the power and the ac- action that these combination can perform. In other words, when you understand, I suppose, on a simple level, that when you um, when you mix water with a tea bag, it forms tea. So then the individual ingredients are the heated water plus the tea contained, the tea leaves, the cooked tea leaves contained in the tea bag. And by combining them together, you'll be able to brew yourself a good cup of tea. 
So only by understanding the relationship, I'm doing in a very unsophisticated level, between the components of the substance, then you can understand. You know what tea is, you know what hot water is, you know that when this is placed in this, the tea is placed in the hot water, the tea is heated up and cooked to the degree whereby the flavor of the tea enters into the hot water, that's understanding the relationship between the parts, then you can grow, then you can use it for a toilet, then you can use it for a productive purpose, <coughs> namely to sustain yourself through its drinking. And that's, that's a given. In other words, that's what we do every time we boil the kettle and we do it with tea, with coffee, with hot chocolate. It's all based on our, we don't process it because it's so simple to us, but if we actually dissect, dissect, the idea of what we're doing when we make a cup of tea or any hot drink. So really we try to, we, we do that because we have an understanding of the fact that when you put in these ingredients, this is what it will produce and this is beneficial for me. And therefore, for certain reasons, we'll adjust the ratio of the ingredients. For example, if I'm in a hurry, I will add more cold water, I'll add in the new factor of the cold water to cool down the hot water so I can drink the quick tea quicker. If a person is drinking coffee and he wants a greater degree of a caffeine boost, he'll up the ratio of the coffee to the water. If a person's feeling in a particularly sweet mood, he'll put in sugar and he'll up the ratio of the sugar to... So each of these understandings, the ability to make a cup of tea is based on all of these things. Of course, it gets ever more sophisticated. But the process, the process, and that's a crucial thing over here, the process is the same. The process is the same. It's the same thing if you're busy, you know, when you have, you have a group of boys and they're choosing a soccer team. So, of course, then they, they, it becomes awkward because there's social aspects involved as well. But from a purely pragmatic point of view, when you're choosing your team and you look at the players, that's exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to form an entity known as the team and you're trying to p- get the right ingredients, knowing their relationship between one another, whether it be a soccer team, I didn't mean to offend you, or a basketball team. So when you, when you, when you put the players together, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't pick all players with fantastic strikers or shooters. You need defenders as well. By understanding the whole, the team that you're trying to produce, and understanding the parts to the whole, the players, and understanding the relationship between them, that's what gives you the ability to do, to perform the act of choosing a team. In other words, it's all based on the Seder. The Seder, how things interact with one another, how they're ordered, what they are in the parts. Are you following me? So these are the basic cognitive stuff that we walk around with that we're using everyday life. But of course, very often we lack the metacognition. We haven't articulated what we're doing. If I would say to you, what processes are involved in making a cup of tea? That's it. It would seem like if, if people would be offended if I uh, accused them of not understanding what they're doing when they're making a cup of tea. But the truth is, until the Malbim articulates it for us, so we don't have the metacognition of the kind of complexity or the sophistication of a simple act of making a cup of tea. Chaim David. Does this mean the cup of tea is being the, the overall picture? Um, do we need to know the relationship between the sugar and all the other ingredients in the tea in order to reach a better understanding of the sugar itself? Or can you still have if you dissect and then you just look at the sugar, can you understand the sugar without seeing how it interacts with? So it's going to is, the Malbim is going to make clear that the essential knowledge of the individual prat is very much based on its relationship to the whole. 
that if you understand sugar in isolation, you haven't properly got it. Okay? Zok the Malbim Vaiter. So uh, he says, so when a person does this, so then that will give him his true understanding um, of what's going on with the substance that he's dealing with. To, 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 means you take the precious from the cheap, and means to um, squeeze out the essence. Mitz means the essence. So to distill the depth of the benefit from the hidden inside of them. I mean, if you wouldn't know better, you'd say that this is a brilliant description of the splitting of an atom. You know, you see this hidden koyach that when you understand deeply, which is really what the splitting of the atom is about, you understand deeply the relationship between the parts and you know how to cut them at the right moment so then you can unleash an incredible power that's locked within them. But if you don't have the ability to differentiate between the components and their relationship, so the whole process never begins. Hayadir hazois tiftach share oiro. This knowledge will open up the gates of light, the togel chadoshes, and will reveal new ideas, the nitsurais, which are hidden, the maasebereshis, in the creation. This approach, the scientific approach to the analysis of the world around us, will reveal to us the hidden parts, ateva of nature, and will place us, will guide us to the secret of the creation, and from it will come many incredible results in the world of action. He's describing essentially the scientific revolution which began a couple of hundred years ago. That once you start to understand the way nature works, so we're in like, you know, in the, in, the, in in a much later phase of that, but it's incredible what you can do with it. Absolutely incredible. We've seen in the in the advancements of modern medicine how far you can go with that. All the way until uh what's it called? Stem cell. Cloning, Cloning stem cell research. It's all based on the same principle. You, you find something that was there, but you, the way you find it is through this analysis process. And then you can reveal the secrets of nature. So too in the dissection of the bodies of animals, or understanding the organization of a complex machine. Understanding the relationship of the connection of the limbs one to another, chibur hagidim, the connection of the muscles and the uh, tendons, v'sidur hachulios v'aprokim, and the organization of the um, joints, the bones and the joints, toirenu lodas will teach us to know teva oisachai, the nature of this animal. The properties of that machine. In a general, what is therefore? And simultaneously will also give us to understand the nature of every bone and every limb. Every joint and every um, extension. And to understand their particular natures. 
and their relationship to the larger part of the machine. Through this understanding, we'll be able to bring out the use and the benefit which is included within them. Whether it be a doctor in his healing, and the person who is in charge of the machine for his um, for the achievement of his deeds. And behold, the lacking of this understanding of the relationship of the limbs and the order upon which they are placed, in their places, in their, where they are set, in the correct fashion, then you'll lack everything. When you don't understand the relationship of all the parts one to another, you don't get anything. You don't get anything. Without the knowledge of the Seder, there is no Yediya Bechlal. It's a shtikl toichochem gula to us in terms of the way that we process our lives. Are we aware of the different prokim in our lives? Do we know how the joints of our lives are connected? Do we know how the parts of our day flow into one another? Do we know what the klal of our life is? Of ourselves are? If we don't understand that, already we don't know who we are. And we don't know where we are. So this process has to be applied also on a more esoteric and self-development um, side as well. Just like in the what we've discussed above, which is in the practical sciences, so too in the philosophical scientists. Understanding the order, the Seder is the key to open up closed gates. Haseder hu Rosh HaMorim. And Yai says it in a very important phrase. Seder is the head of all teachers. If you really want to know and understand and learn what's going on, Seder becomes your guiding light. Hu Yavi Levav Chochma Lehaski Lehavin Hochein Kavonas it will bring to the heart wisdom to, in order to understand the content of the intention of the lesson and the teaching. Because even in logic, there is um, what it consists of and how it can be separated, the parts and the whole. Even in abstract Sciences, knowledges, there's a dissection of the ideas, the connection between the different parts and joints of the given notion. And we deepen our investigation into the words of the Chachomim and their teachings. We have to contemplate the order of their words. To understand the relationship of their statements one to another. The way one statement was connected to the one before it and the one afterwards. And that will allow us to understand the nature of 
the matter itself. So this could be in philosophy, this could certainly be in mathematics when you're analyzing a formula. As you look at the parts of how each one relates to the other, and then you're able to grasp the point that the formula is trying to bring. In the analysis of poetry, how does the first stanza relate to the second stanza to the third stanza? How do the different verses relate one to another, the different words in the sentence? It's all part of the same kach. The crucial point that the Malbim is conveying to us over here is that the thinking processes, there's a lot of modern theory. There's a person called Gardner that has introduced into the world of education. Who's the Gardner? I think Howard. Don't know. Piketsa. He's introduced into the world. He's got, he's, he, I think he's called, he's got found seven different areas where people excel in, in thought. And uh, it's very against this idea. His, his theory is that people think well in particular areas and they can't think well in other areas. Whereas the approach that the Malbim takes and the approach that I find practically to be true is a more global approach. That the essential thought operational operating mechanisms are consistent. doesn't matter if it's poetry, music, art, science, mathematics or how to bake a cake. Or it doesn't matter if it's emotions, intellect, or practicality, once you've isolated the thought operation, you can apply it across the board. There is no distinction. You do need a little bit of coaching in what's called bridging. It doesn't necessarily go to the part where you're not challenged. For example, essentially everyone, if you understand, I had a chat with Alex, our artist friend, and I said to him, okay, I'd like you to describe to me how you paint a painting. So a non-artist may think, he says, I go to the canvas and the picture jumps out at me and I'm enraptured by a kind of spiritual awe as I put paint. I said to him, I didn't, I didn't have any agenda when I asked him this, so I wrote down to him in step form exactly what happens. It was so methodical. First of all, I come up with the idea, the theme of what I'd like to do. Then I think about what materials I'd like to use in order to convey that theme. Then I go into the kind of colors I'd used to, like to use to express different elements of the theme. Then I start to think about what kind of images I'd like to employ. Very, very ordered. In a lot of the great artists, uh, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, you wouldn't think that they were um, methodical, but when you actually study their method of approach, it was so precise and mathematical. And music is the same. I think Bach is famous for this. His, his, his extremely fastidious approach to the organization. So when people say, I'm autistic, I don't think that way. It's because they haven't yet learned to apply what they're doing naturally in the field of art to the field of mathematics and vice versa. But the thinking processes that we use are consistent throughout the entire spectrum of life. We become debilitated when we feel that they have to be only specified, located, and limited to a particular area. And that's exactly the point that the Malbim is making over here. He says, don't think. You've got the special chokhmah, it's called, you've got a seichel that helps you with Torah. And then, some people have a seichel which helps them if they want to be a doctor. Some people, you know, other people, they, 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 they can be a philosopher. He says, it's the same thing. Yediya Saseidu is Rosh HaMoyrim. It's the same thing. It's consistent. Just don't think that it doesn't stretch across. It stretches across all the way. And that's why we're studying our God. Ah, it's a Gemara here. It's all the same. It's all the same. Just the, the habitat changes. But the principles remain consistent. Gav. Okay.
Isn't the, the levels of complexity different? Like, I mean, we're talking more, it's going to be a lot more complex. There's a lot of shades of difference. Shades of difference. But if you actually go to the, the, the um, nuts and bolts of the mechanic, it's the same mechanic. Same mechanic throughout. You're right. Depending on the complexity is described. Complexity means there's lots of different parts. Simplicity means there are less parts. So, yes, some things are more complex and some things are less complex. Some things are more in the world of touch and feel and some things are more in the world of abstract thought. But the essential principles do not deviate in the slightest. There are not different fields of Chochmah. It's a singular field of Chochmah. It just has different applications in different circumstances. When you know the principles, the principles become global principles. They will teach you how to project a financial report and analyze the, the way that your company did over the year. Same thing, which will teach you to examine a person to see symptoms and try to figure out what the disease is. Same thing if you want to figure out why you're unhappy today. If you look at the continuum of your life and you examine the cause and effects provided that you're aware of the nature of high emotions function. Same thing in terms of understanding the progression of the historical development of the Jewish people. Same thing in terms of how does a watch work? How does a suga work? And what's choices as kasha on Rashi? And what's the Shulchan Aruch's Hachra? And why does Rabbi Shlomo Zaman say that you can wear tinted sunglasses on Shabbos? It's not so fair. It's all the same. It's all the same. But Rob, then what, you, then what you're saying is that if it's just through the process, then there's no such thing as right or left brain dominant because then it's all in the thought process and then a person can steer it to a different area. But it's been proven that there, there is even from a very young age, that someone is either left or right brain dominant, which steers them in a certain area. So yes, a thought process, but they geared towards a certain methodology of using right or left brain, which will make them either more artistic or more mathematical. That's True. Bridging is. That's why I need bridging. I'll give you an example. They found in a study on very young children, two to three week old babies, between a comparative study between male and female kids, what happens when they rotate, rotate a cube in front of them? So they found that the male brain, they, they just, the way they figured out is they registered their, um, I've forgotten how they did the experiment, but they did it, they rotated the brain. And they registered that male children, when they see the rotation of a cube, so they understand that each side is part of the whole. Whereas a female sees each side as an individual new entity. Now, the difference between those kinds of thinking is that the one focuses on the detail and the one focuses on the gestalt. So what they then did was they did a study where they, um, they did what's called mediational intervention, where they coached females in this particular skill. And after the intervention, the mediation, so they became absolutely on par with their male components, with the male... Um, in other words, not components, <laughs> the male opponents, maybe not opponents, something dense. Um, in other words, yes, you're right, so there are natural tendencies to use a particular kind of chokhmah in a particular kind of area. But those, it doesn't have to be there. You're 100% right. It doesn't have to be there, but you'd rather it there, meaning you'd rather it go in, in, in generally, a person should use the natural koch than, than a, a, a koch that's been... Person will always have a strength to use a particular curve in a particular area, but the fact that he can balance it out and make it more global, I don't feel will, will detract from his curve, will enhance his curve. 
you could call it, I'm, 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 yes, my, my passion growing up was always art, 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 art. Right. I, I was very, I was, I was very average at maths and science. Very average. So you'd say, well, okay, well, obviously, therefore, my strength is not logic and analysis and dissection. Because that was my, that was my passion until, until I was 20 years old. All I could ever think about was being an artist. She said, well, obviously, I'm artistic and right brain dominant, and therefore I've and, and since then, my essential occupation has been on logical analysis. So how did that happen? So the truth is, in my own experience, I don't feel it's a stirrer. Because I feel that in every aspect of a person's life, there's different components. And the right and the bra- right and left brain work together. And the more you can up the level of the one that you don't feel that you're using, the better off you are. I'm not trying to make everyone the same. I'm not trying to make everyone the same, but... (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there's definitely room for growth, for expansion. Hmm. How this fits into right and left brain? So, okay, it sounds sounds more like... The the model is presenting about sounds like it's more focusing on things that we describe as typically typically left brain activities, correct? Yeah, typically left brain activities. There's none. There's none of the intuition and the gestalt which the right brain is famous famous for. The right brain doesn't go through a process of analysis. It comes to an immediate understanding. It's more of a sense of. But you still need that to come for the whole process to work. For example, illustration. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. I'm saying. Do you need both? But is, is this something that everybody has automatically? Yes. Everybody's born. Yes. To Pre-programmed. Hardwired. Right. This is the way your brain works, whether you like it or not. So you just have to tap into it. What metacognition does is it creates an accessibility. A metacognition meaning when you understand how the thing works, then it becomes accessible and you can use it. Mm-hmm. But surely once you've if naturally you're given either a left or a right or a specific area, then then naturally that you're not going to, through however, whatever you do, you're always going to have a tendency to go to what you naturally were were born with, so to speak. I mean, you can't train someone to be something totally... Tanya's Rufus said to Rabbi Akiva that, can you improve on the mice aberrations? <coughs> yes. Right? That's why he's tiny. He's having a tiny against Bruce Miller. Of course, Bochum made the world perfect. Why are you trying to fix it up for? And Bakiva says, what do you mean? Do you, think, do you think wheat grows as bread? Wheat grows as wheat. So our tachlis that we have in this world is we're given an unfinished product. And I hope, uh, our tachlis is to, to refine it. And mm. to, so a person sure, is given... You can't make wheat into an apple. You can't make wheat into an apple, but you, you can take yourself and expand the weaker areas of yourself so that the stronger areas of yourself become even more empowered. If you have a per- sure, if you have a person, you always have your natural strong area. Every people, I'm not going to, I'm not going, I'm not suggesting that once you apply these processes, every single person is going to see every single thing the same way. Always, you're going to have your strengths and your talents. Yeah. What I'm saying is though that we all have an overlap of abilities that are greatly, um, which are of huge benefit when we employ them. Just like, for example, right? 
what you're speaking about perhaps is on a much more sophisticated level. And I'm speaking on a much more basic level. Do you hold that people who are right brain dominant should learn how to add and subtract? Sure. Ah, it's such a left brain thing to do. Multiply, divide. Should they, should they learn algebra? They focus their lives on that. But the, obviously you develop yourself holistically. But when, you, when you. you're talking about focusing... Am I talking about focusing? I don't know. If I, I feel like it's you're making it sound as if like... Okay, like you can kind of just like... As long as you work the, the, the thought process, you can kind of do anything. No. Misinterpretation. Listen. The thought processes that are used in one field of knowledge are the same thought processes that are used in other fields of knowledge. As opposed to the theorists that state that when you're thinking in music, that's your musical brain. When you think in mathematics, that's your mathematical brain. When you think in emotions, that's your emotional brain. When you're thinking in um, sport, that's your sport brain. No, 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 no. Don't you think it's, it's both together? Meaning you are using your koach in the one area with your thought process. But the underlying mechanism is the same the whole way through. Sure, but, but, but again, it's, you're still using a certain, your, that area okay. where... Let's move on. The point, is, the point is that the person that's got the many brains theory, he holds that if you've got a brain in this area, so you, that's it. That's where, that's, it's much more inhibiting because he's saying that's where your talent lies and therefore you're not talented in that area. One of the, where's it become enough Afghamina, right? Let's say you have a person that says, I'm really good at... Uh, you, have, you have a person who's really good at business, but he says, I just, I just can't understand Gemara. I just can't understand Gemara. So if you say to him, well, it's not surprising, because your skill is in business. You're not good at Gemara. Gemara is a different thing. Gemara is about, it's all about all these like, technical, philosophical, logical structures, and that you're in business. But if you say, no, what you're doing in business is you've got a sugya, and you're asking a kasha, and you're giving a terrace, and you're bringing a raya, then you'll say to me, Oh, so you mean I know how to do it already? I say, yes. Well, why am I not doing it? Yeah, good question. Let's figure out where the, where the answer to that lies. That's the difference. That's the difference. And it's a crucial difference. Because many people walk away from the Gemara because there's some <coughs> extraneous factor that's stopping them from connecting. And they say, well, I can't do that. It's a ton of value. Right? Tanda Vedio comes to a fisherman. He says to the fisherman, Rebbe, why aren't you learning? He says, ah, he says I don't have the brain for it. I don't have the brain for it. He says, I'm a fisherman. So he says, how do you know how to make the net? He says, no, then I have the brain for it. And how do you know how to put the net into, into, the, into the water to catch the fish? He says, no, then. So Eliyahu says to him, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So that's a crucial nafkamina. Why didn't our brain naturally translate um, our, our skill set in one area to another area? Okay, that's a good question. Because, for example, if you have like a guy that has great hand-eye coordination, right? Right. It's like a great cricket player, the majority of the good guys with good hand-eye coordination are good golfers. So you see that their skill set is translating to different aspects. Automatically. Automatically, yes. Yeah. So how come our brain doesn't work automatically? Why good not question. you're good at science, you're good at maths, you're good at tomorrow? Good question. Let's leave it on the back burner. Weiter. Um, okay. Yes, um, Seder Rosh Hashanah. We we did that right. Who Yavi Levav 
חוכמה להזכיר להבין תוכן כמובן הלקף הלימוד כי גם בגיון יש הכל והפרדה גם בלימודים מפשוטים יש ניתוח העניונים וכישור חוליוס הפרקים ובעמיקנו חקר בדברי חכמים ולקחום עלי נסבוי נושאי לדבריהם לחקור לדעת יחס מאמרים זה לזה כישור כל איכות של לפונוב ולאחריו וזה יפתח שור לו ולחקר עינת מנס will open up the gates to understand understanding. Haseder, the last two lines in the first paragraph, Yigale, Ta'alumo is Chochma, will reveal the hidden parts of wisdom, Lohoven is Alimud Ahu Bichlolo Bechol Seifov, to understand the learning, this lesson, in general and in all its details, Al Yedei Metzias Tam, Al Haseder, when we find the reason for the organization, Tigole V'tiroye, Kavon is Ain Atzmei V'hoi Levoyer, it will reveal and make visible the intention of the 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 matter itself and will be clear. For Zois Atoya Lohimer Linituch Lemlech Machshevs Lochmasali Mudois. And this is the the um I, I can't even read that word. I don't know if it's Lohimer or Lichumeho. For Zois Atoya Lohimeho. I'm not, I'm, I'm not clear if it's for those who are lechumer to its fighters. I'm not sure what the word is. Lenituach lemelechs machshevs lechochmas alimudyes. So this, this what we discussed previ- previously is he's discussed the first two categories of his three categories of wisdoms, which is the practical and the theoretical knowledges or science and philosophy. That same intellectual skills is what we need to understand Torah. In other words, it's so ironic. Sometimes people say that, you know, Torah is anti-science. Torah is anti-science. I, I remember my father, my father, most of his work is a gastro, but most of his, his career has been devoted to research. And when we first started learning together, when he had learned Gemara, for him it was a major realization. He said, this is what I do. This is what I do when I'm researching. This is a scientific method. And what it did for him was it created an incredible appreciation and humility for Jewish excellence in so many different areas of um, science and the legal areas and art. Because the Jewish genius has been refined and developed through the study of Gemara. Because it's opened up to us and refined those skills. So that over the course of millennia, the Jewish persona has become such a highly developed intellectual being. That when he departs from the tradition of Torah, he carries with him that intellectual prowess which allows him to succeed in other areas. In the book, The Biography of an Equation, it's about Einstein and the theory of relativity. There's one page stuck in my mind, and it discusses, the author puts across why he felt that Einstein actually came up with the theory of relativity. He says, if it was in terms of basic intelligence, he says, he had friends who are easily as bright as him. And he quotes the name, but there's someone called Poincart or something. He says he's like his he's, he's, he's IQ was like just out of the books. But he says, and he says in this book, I don't think the author's Jewish. He says um, Einstein came from a long, 
tradition of Jewish people, their, their Talmudic background. And the nature of a person that's been schooled in Talmudic thought, when asked a question, he embraces it. So you can imagine when Einstein was asking questions as a little boy, many parents will say, Ach, don't waste my time with your questions. Whereas his parents would have embraced them and said, Oh, that's a brilliant question. Let's see if we can find an answer. And when you embrace the question, the underlying premise of the embracing of a question is you have faith that there's an answer to be found. So he says there's another component that Einstein had, which perhaps his contemporaries didn't have, was that he had the faith that there was an answer. So it wasn't only his intellect, but it was also his emuna that brought about the solution. Weiter. Um, the same kind of intellectual process we need to use for the Torah Kedosha. In other words, even though we say that science and Torah are far, which is true in terms of perhaps the, the results that they produce, but in terms of the method of approach, they're absolutely analogous. The beginning of any contemplation and at the onset of any research, in any area of the Torah, you've got to get the Seder right. By understanding the composition and the differentiation from one thing to another. Let's say on a very basic level, this would be being able to differentiate between the kasha and the teretz. And the brysa and the, when the brysa begins and ends, you have to know the parts and understand when they stop. When's the posuk? When does the posuk end? By understanding, delving into and investigating what is above and what is below, what is in front and what is behind, we'll get to the depth of the matter itself. The Seder will prove the Pshat, understanding of the matter in its completion to all its parts to find solutions in difficult places and to lighten up the dark. Many times we'll get to a point where we'll find a kasha and we won't understand what's going on. Either because we feel that there's a logical inconsistency in the matter itself or because we see there's a contradiction from an external source. But when we reveal the nature of the connection to what came before and what came afterwards, and then all what appeared to be distorted crookedness, all of a sudden become straight. A poetic way for saying that the kashas are resolved. And the, the crooked places will all of a sudden become straight. And you'll see immediately that there's no kasha, there's no difficulty, and the things aren't bothersome and exhausting. A lot of the time the Malbim borrows from Psukim, this is a Pasuk. Therefore, say the Moshim, which is a, has, has, has an ambiguous meaning. It means the rulers, and also means the people that say Mashalim, the poets. Seder is half the job. 
Ravonis the Seder, he Avonis Inan Kuloi or Rubai. And understanding the Seder in its completion is the job in its entirety, or at least the majority. Gamra Bisainu Zalchokmea Mishnah Talmud, Somuliba Malamishtar. Also, our teachers, our rabbis, the, the wise men of the Mishnah and the Talmud, placed their hearts in regard to the keeping this um, discipline of approach to Seder. Even the Rishonim, the Rambam, Seder was a crucial thing for him. Because it is very, very important. And from it, from it, you get to produce results in your learning. Now, So the first page, we're going on to the second page now, is giving us the introduction. Given that approach, let's look at the, what that God is coming to teach us. Okay? It's a medrash of Chazal, which is ordered by the, uh, by the wise men of the Mishnah. And it has an advantage over all other medrashim, like the advantage of something which is obligatory over something which is voluntary. Because Chachomim made this an obligation for us to say, and not only that, but we have to repeat it to ourselves and to our children year by year. And through that God do we keep the mitzvah of discussion of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So the Haggadah is something that we have to place careful attention to the order and its... Um, the Mishtar is the format. It's not the right word. You know, when you have a policeman that they've got a... Mishtar? Yeah, but the... the <laughs> no, Mishtar means like uh, everyone keeps their own shifts in order. Um, Discipline. It's like something like uh, keeping the ranks, keeping to file... Eh? Authority. No. When they're working, their shifts? Yeah, their shifts. That's called the Mishtar. The, the kind of, they all keep in the same... Um, the roster. The roster. That, that kind of thing, right? We are demanded to search after and to request the reason for the Seder as it is. To find the thread that Binds together the Hagada Bichlam Miraisha Isav Ad Soifa from the beginning until the end. Briach Hatichoin Amavriach is called Hagada Mina Kotze La Kotze. The Briach Hatichoin, which combines the Hagada from the one side to another. You know what the Briach Hatichoin was? In the Mishkan, they were the Mishkan was surrounded by boards, right? Which made the walls of the of the Mishkan, and all those all those those planks were bound together. They were they they were inserted into the Adonim. And they were connected to the top as well. And then they had these bolts, like long pieces of, of, of gold that were on the outside to combine them together, like rods. Correct? Those are called the brichim. And there's one thing called the brich which was inserted inside the boards themselves. And it went from exa- all the way, miraculously, it went from one side of the Mishkan all the way through way to the other side. And the way it was able to bend and go through it was one of the miracles of the Mishkan. 
So that's called the Briach HaTichoin. It's the one thing which keeps everything together. So whenever you use the expression Briach HaTichoin, you're referring to the, 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 the rod that binds everything together, keeps everything solid. Um... What's the common theme which unites Agoda from Avodim Ayinu until Gal Yisrael? So again, he's going further with the analogy. The Malbim is very poetic. The crossing with the, the, um, the joins that join together the curtains, the Uriois of the Mishkan. And one of the cross here, in the Prat. So it's a beautiful, it's the interlooping joins. So he says, so what are the joins between each and every Maimar? Uh, using his poetic license very beautifully over here. Um... Afilu ilu loy hoya lanu kochemer even if it wouldn't be any kashas or difficulties in the order, so we would have asked what is the reason for the Seder. Because things aren't put, put together randomly. The problem is even more intense because there are things which seemingly should be first and they come out later and things which should be later and they come out first. There's a repetition. The things which seem to be absolutely isolated, they've got no connection to what became before or after. Many shailas which surround the seder, like this, the oven of achnoi. The tanur achnoi was a was a was a as a, a, a stove. An oven which is assembled, dismantled, like a assemble, disassemble, a put it together. How do you say that? Um, when you have like something you can assemble and disassemble. Tiawa. <laughs> you know when you have like a folding chair, it was like what is it? Like a folding oven, and the shine was how you material. No, no, but the but the problem is machlekes rebelez and the chachamim. About what the din of Tum and Tyra was, that you have to dismantle it to be matired in the mikveh if you did what. And that was a famous shayla, it's a very famous Gemara in Bava Metzia, I think it's Memtes, that says Rabbi Leza was, uh, was Metamer and the Chacham were Metairim, if I'm not mistaken. Um, who was doing what? Not important. Because that was the famous Machalik of the Rabbi Leza and the Chachamim. Where Blizzard said that Minashamaim, they should say if I'm right, and the bus call came from Shemaim and said, Alokka Rebleza. And Rabbi Shua said, Loiba Shemaim he. And that's when the walls of the base of Major started to fall down and stopped away. That's when the stream walked backwards. That's when the carriage tree drew up. And the famous Tanu Shachnoi. Now, they, they were, they, they were surrounded by kashas. So the Malbim is using that as an analogy over here that there's so many kashas on the Seder of the Agoda that it's like the Tanu Shachnoi. Good. Why did the 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 make this particular arrangement? What was what came over them and what they see to do it? 
גם בעוונס גופי המאמרים כושר חזוקס ומצוקס and even in terms of understanding סתם what's going on in the actual words of that God itself there's big קשר strong and powerful ואולי נאז נעזר מידי הסתם הסדר ליושר להחליק גם הקמותים מהם and maybe by knowing the knowledge of the סדר we'll be able to straighten out these and smooth out these creases ואם רבו כמו רבה הפירושים הבורים לגודש הפסח and even though there are many many פירושים on לגודש הפסח until you could make a joke about it and you could say that there were ten measures of commentary which entered into the world. And nine took the Agosha Pesach. It's a play on words of the Gemarian condition which speaks about all these, these ten measures of Chochmah that went into the world. Nine took Yerushalayim. Ten, ten, ten levels of, of, of Znus. It's got all these so he says if they if there are ten levels of Chochmah, if there are ten levels of Purushim which came to the world, so that God took nine of them. V'achak ha'kola Torah kula. V'echol kola Torah kula. Ach kurubam lo'isomu le'evel ha'seder b'yichud. But none of them paid careful attention to the seder. V'amata she'nogu b'zeh urak ko'efa mirafreif nogea v'eina nogea. And even though they paid attention, it's like a, a, a hovering bird that touches and doesn't touch. Rak leprokim b'eza p'suk... Psokis, Mechodes, they only refer to this a few specific areas. V'darachem, darachem, adrush, harachoykim, v'lo yasbiru nefesh, oikekol apshat. And the way they did it was more alpidrush, and therefore they, they don't satisfy the soul that's desiring pshat. U'betzedek noimar kishel ha'saseder, adayim b'shel ha'medes, v'lo yinifter ha'oid. And therefore it's safe to say that the shail of the seder lagoda still remains unanswered and has not been solved. It's called there, Ra'isi v'nosati, Alibi, I saw this and I placed it on my heart. L'hamik l'izboni l'vakish l'imtoi pisra in l'chidas said Agoda. To find the answer, the solution to the riddle of the Agoda. U'baruch ha'choyin in Odom Das, and blessed be the one that gives Odom Das. Ki choneni l'hargish b'seder Agoda, dova nifla loishi uru g'doilim chikri leiv zulasi. And Baruch Hashem, I felt that in the seder Agoda there's something which is Amazing. No one even imagined it. The great ones beforehand, apart from myself. That their smallness is thicker than my, than my, than my, um, than my hips. In other words, that like the smallest part of them is way bigger than the biggest part of me. He says a very important klal over here. He says, but you know, the fact that there were great people that came before me, and um, they, in relation to them, I'm an absolute nothing, it does not mean that they'll get everything that, that, that I'll get, that, I'll, that I won't be able anything to add. On the contrary, they had their chalakim, and Akash Bukhu gave me a chalak to go and contribute to Klal Yisrael. So that's a crucial vote. Still these days? Vada. Doesn't matter how many, how great the people were before you. Kosh Baruch is also giving you your chelik, and you can be mechadish something in this world. You can be mechadish something in Torah that no one ever saw. Good have guts, and you have to know your stuff, but you can do it. V'loya say the levado yotzer bechaser. Sorry, v'loya say levado yotzer bechesed keil. Ba here b'shechakim apiat time shematayz. And not only do the seder. Work out well by the kindness of Hashem, clear in the Shomayim, based on the reason I found. 
כי על ידוי נמצא פיסרונים גם לאיזה קושרייס בעוונס עצם המאמרים ותוכן כוונוסים, even in terms of the actual, the micro, understanding of the different מאמרים themselves, לפי רוח הסדר שתיכנתי הרבה קושרייס מעצמם תפלנה ותמסנה. Because I found the Seder, many kashas will fall by and they will melt. As if they never existed. Before I tell you the secret to the Seder, I want to first tell you the kashas and the problems. Both in the understanding of the organization of the system. Both in understanding the body of the Mamorim. Because by understanding the kashas, you're able to judge the new idea if it's got if it has substance or it's nonsense. If through the solution I've suggested, the shilas will fly away. You will look for them and you will not find them. That is the proof, the sign that um, the writer hit the target. And these will act as the witnesses that are brought in front of the based in of the congregation. Accept their testimony and appear in the court of law. He speaks very poetically, no? Beautiful. Okay, now, I'm going to go until the Kshayas. Let's just finish up this word, and then I'm going to leave you to our own devices. Reishis mokum ha'iyun v'ascholas ha'she'ela al-seideh hu'rak min avodim ha'yinum. The starting point of our, of our investigation and the beginning of our questioning of the seideh only begins with avodim ha'yinum. Ki ha'psicha ha'yusi rishoyinu b'halach ma'anyo e'no e'veres tach ha'she'evet ha'bikoyit because, because the halach ma'anya doesn't go underneath the staff of examination, you know, as a critical eye. And we can't ask why the halach ma'anya comes first. Because the content of the statement tells us what it's doing there. Um, its word is on its tongue. It says, "Everyone's hungry, come and eat. Whoever needs, come and do the korban. Come and do, come join the Pesach." Of course, you have to say this first. Before you get sitting down, you have to invite guests. You don't invite guests in the middle of the meal. And we also can't ask why is Manishtana come first. Because of course, you ask questions first and then you give answers. How will the um, answers be strengthened before the questions are asked? What difference does an answer make if there's no question? Uh, that's a cloud in life, eh? There's nothing as irrelevant as an answer to a question which hasn't been asked. People don't have questions and you want to tell them these incredible ideas. Waste of time. They first have a question. What do you want the once the answer be given? Who cares about the question? We shouldn't place our attention just from, in other words, only from Avodim Ayinu Vahala Ad Yisrael. That's where we have to focus. 
השאלה כולל והסתם יש שאלה סתם, מה זויס? אמרו יפתו אז השאלה סתם, מה זויס? עוד סקרנון אביה. מה הטעם על סדר הזה דווקא וויילס אורדה ושאלות פרטיות אשר הייתי מספר הצוואר ואלה הם הדיטל קווישנס שאני אקח את הפרטיות אוקיי, אז עכשיו יש לך 14 קווישנס הצלחה גדולה ועצומה